It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at Fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Billy Holiday. It is a portrayal like none other. In her very first acting role, Andra Day brilliantly brings to life the legendary singer Billie Holiday. There aren't enough adjectives to describe this performance. The Grammy-nominated R&B singer and songwriter has transformed her voice, her body, and her very essence in Lee Daniels' new film, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Why don't you ever sing Strange Fruit? It's a song about important things, you know. Things that are going on in the country. I don't think people know I care about those things. Most of my other songs are just about love. Andra was born Cassandra Monique Beatty in San Diego. Here is a fruit for the crows to pluck. She first heard the raspy, soulful, and iconic sounds of Billie Holiday when she was 12 years old. Andra's stage name, Andra Day, is an homage to Lady Day. Andra Day has toured the world with her music, performing at the White House twice, and more recently for the historic inauguration parade for President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Her hit song, Rise Up, from her Grammy-nominated album, Cheers to the Fall, has more than one billion streams and has become the unofficial empowerment anthem of our time. In a raw, harrowing, and intimate performance, Andra lays bare the untold story of one of the first voices of the civil rights movement. After we tape this interview, Andra won the Golden Globe for Best Actress. Here is a strange and bitter crowd. Hello, 
Sandra Day. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Super Soul. So excited. You're in LA, gotta tell everybody. Yes, yes, yes. I know this shot looks beautiful. Right. You're in LA and I am in my garden in Maui yes. and through technology, we're together here in my garden, so. But my, my spirit garden. is definitely there with you. <laughs> At least I okay. desire to be. My body's physically in LA, but my mind, my heart, and my spirit is definitely in Maui. <laughs> oh, so good, so good. I, I, I can't wait to actually have you here. Yes, yes. And let's sit on the porch mm -hmm. and talk about life. Mm -hmm. Right now though, I am so excited for you because the buzz around Andra Day, honey. <laughs> the buzz for your first acting role mm. and how you transformed and immersed yourself. I was thinking about you this morning, knowing we were gonna have this conversation. I was thinking, I wonder what is it like to be you right now? <laughs> what does it feel like as you sit inside the center of yourself? It's a great question. And as you know, when you sort of start the merry-go-round of all of you know the press and everything that comes out, you actually have very little time to sort of think about, you know, what is in there. So yeah. I think I feel, I mean, a range of emotions, gratitude mostly, you know, I, I feel a little bit like a spectator almost in all of this. Um, and mm -hmm. I, I still feel a healthy dose of, of discomfort, nervousness, you know, when it's in going into any, each and every sort of scenario. Um, but I, I feel, um, I feel aligned if that makes sense, you know, if that is, Ooh, I, I love do, that I word. Feel, yes, I feel I aligned and a range of emotions sort of swirl around it, but gratitude and alignment are the two things I think I feel most consistently. Do you feel like your life has already changed mm -hmm. with the portrayal that you offered to the world of Billie Holiday or it is about to change? Uh, I think my, well, I, I will say the portrayal of Billie Holiday was extremely just paradigm shifting, was life altering. So. I'm changed so drastically with the role alone, had, even had not all of this sort of happened on the, the heels of it. Uh, so I, I'm definitely, I'm, I don't think anyone, right, is, is the same that they would be three years ago. We were constantly growing, but she pushed me in a lot further and a lot faster than I think I would have gone. Um, and then, you know, on the heels of all of this, it's, um, you know, it's, um, I'm definitely busier. I, <laughs> I didn't sleep much before, but I sleep less now. <laughs> At home and with my team, I've been with the same people for a very long time, and I try to keep a really, um, just a, you know, a, a normalcy when I'm at home with, with the family, with my mother and my, my cousins. And so, you know, that part of it has not, you know. Also, my family is, like, incredibly grounding all the time. <laughs> so they were like, we're so proud of you, but, like, calm down, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> so let, let, let's just talk about this performance for a moment in this film. I've shared this with you before. I think it is beyond acting. Mm. Uh, it feels like there was truly an incarnation mm. of wow. Billy. And when I finished watching the film, I called your director, mm -hmm. Lee Daniels, and I said, oh, wow, I haven't seen anything like that, Lee. I go, did y'all have her own heroine? <laughs> <laughs> did y'all? Just, just everything but, did, you know, right? <laughs> did y'all have her own heroine? Because I've never seen heroin in the eyes like, wow. like, like that. And then he said, no, not only were you not on heroin, that you never drank or smoked, 
before this film and that it was a huge learning yes. curve for you just learning to hold a hold yes. a cigarette. So this incarnation, how does one begin the reincarnation of someone who is beloved mm. and known but not known in this way? What do you start on your knees? Do you say, Lord yes. help me? Do you yeah. say Yes, oh, literally, literally, actually, literally. literally, it was, and, and I'm, I'm, thank you, I'm glad you said that, because that is, and it's a reminder that that was really the first step. For me, I, I consider myself a deeply spiritual person. So yeah, I mean, I, I had to pray about even doing the role, because I was actually trying to get out of doing the role, so I, it was actually prayer and reading a scripture about being caused to do an act of great faith that made me say yes to the role. And then upon preparing for it, I wow. was like, okay, I, I believe, truly, God, if you brought me here, then equip me and so I asked for her spirit as well too. I asked to receive her for her to be released into me. And then Lee connected me with um, with Tasha Smith who was my uh, great acting coach and mm -hmm. Tom Jones who was my dialect coach. And uh, I, I did a ton of research as well because I'm, I'm a researcher. I feel like I'm like a typical Capricorn. I need every shred of information, every documentary, every book, every interview, everything. Uh -huh. And um, and they were like, the research is wonderful, but you actually have to inform this character with a human being, a real human. And so they really taught me how to sort of pull out these emotions, pull out pain, pull out triumph, joy, and from different places and memories and, and experiences, and to be very present and to fill her with my, my actual life. And so, you know, you are seeing an, an amalgamation of myself, of Billie Holiday, of, and, and of Lee and my entire cast and everyone who poured into me. Yeah, well, I read that you took on Billie's pain and trauma yes. too, how did that impact your real life? First of all, I actually started auditioning for the role in 2017, so I started sort of dropping into her then. You know, on set it was, no one ever called me Andra. Everyone would call me Lady or they would call me Billy or they, I mean, no one called me Andra. And, and, and it's almost, oddly enough, I, I feel a little bit like I sort of forgot her, right? Forgot Andra in, in the midst of all of this. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I had to be in that space to feel it in my body and to really, I had to believe it or I don't think I could have um, conveyed it, you know, to an audience. Lee Daniels, the director said about you that there was no acting, there was just <laughs> being. And so did there come a point where saying the words were just, you obviously had memorized the, mm -hmm. the script, but saying the words came from a part of your being and the beings felt merged somehow? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, I, I felt like her. Also, I have to say that being, you know, I, I'm so appreciative of the recognition, but I have to give so much credit to Lee. You know, he, his technique and, and you know, as you've, you've worked with him is he keeps you on your toes. And so he has such a brilliant ability to really bring human beings to life and to show them in all of their, their sort of their facets and, and the multi-layered humans. So it, it was it was a combination of, of just living as her and loving her. I think that was the big part of it. I actually enjoyed, oh. I enjoyed so deeply, maybe too much in certain respects, having her spirit in me. She opened me up, she liberated me in certain ways. And I, I believe in divine appointments. And I truly believe that this movie and this experience was one of those appointments. And anointings, too. Yes, yes, mm -hmm, yeah. absolutely. I believe in divine providence. Yes. I also believe in preparation, meeting the moment of opportunity. Yes. And when that shows up, people says, oh, you're so lucky you got this role. You're lucky because you were prepared absolutely. for this moment of opportunity. Why do you think, as you've described it, uh, 
this is a transformative experience. Why did this come to you, mm. Andra Day? <laughs> because I believe that everything that you do, not just believe, mm -hmm. I've seen it, that when something shows up, it's been coming for a long time. Yeah. yeah. When you are open to receive it, mm -hmm. it means you were the one who was supposed to receive it. I agree. And, and at this particular time, so why did this film come mm. to you at this time? Wow, that is actually a fantastic question that I have not been asked in the 511 million trillion interviews that we've done. <laughs> um, wow, that is such a great question. Why? Why did it come to me? I don't even know that I've ever even asked that or thought about it. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe it has to do with the season. And, and I think you, you, you sort of hit it on the head, right? Because I... I am a person of faith and I believe in faith, but I do believe that faith needs to meet works, right? And works needs to meet faith. I believe yeah. in that. And maybe it was to disrupt the plans I had for my life, right? I had a different idea of what my career was gonna be in that period of my life. Here were my plans. This is what I was gonna do with my album. And I think that that maybe was God's way of, of just saying, no, 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 I have to sort of shake you loose of some things because she really freed me of a constant fear that I have. I have real sort of deep-seated feelings of inadequacy and unworthiness, you know, and that's, and which is interesting because sort of faith is living in that same space with that. And I really, and that's actually to answer your question, why I believe maybe this role came for me was really to heal me and to shake me of this idea of sort of self-sabotaging, of, of feeling constantly unworthy, constantly inadequate because I didn't have the right education or I don't feel like I'm smart enough. You know, she freed a lot of things in me, I will say. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And how did she do that? Is it just the immersing in her story? Is it knowing the life that she lived and what yes. she had to go through? Yes, yes. And that is because uh, I, I think that, first of all, yes, the, just the experience of her, but it's because she showed up. I think that's a huge part, is that Billy had these feelings. She had, I'm sure she had fears. I mean, this, this woman's life was threatened every time she would get on stage and sing Strange Fruit, right? I mean, she was targeted, mm -hmm. she was harassed, she lost her father to Jim Crow, she was raped at a young age, she was sent into a brothel by her mother. I mean. And, and then she was constantly abused by men. I mean, she had her fears and she was a performer. So she knew what it was like to get on a stage and to be scared and terrified that the audience would not love you and you would not have that beautiful exchange. Um, but she showed up, she showed up for us. She showed up, she sang Strange Fruit. She showed up, she integrated audiences. She fought against the government. She showed up every single time. And I think that being her, I, I was forced to show up. I had to show up for this role. I had to show up for Lee, for my cast for what God was bringing me there to do, for Billy's spirit. Uh, and, and so just her ability to, to sort of almost throw caution to the wind and to be present and to show up was really, really just 
transformative for me. Philippe, she showed up in her own life. Did she show up for you? Were there moments on set where you felt her always, presence? Always, always. And she would always make me laugh and she would always, um, you know, just, most of the time, Billy was just cussing everybody out all the time. She was happy with what was going on, but she only expressed it in cussing. You know, what I mean? that's all she, she had like a PhD in it. Um, and there were moments, I had a dream actually as well that, and it, it was almost like sort of um, solidifying for me that she was okay with our spirits being entangled like this, you know, that she wanted it. And maybe she was a part of the selection process, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a dream and we were in, we were in cafe society, but it didn't look like cafe society. And I'm was watching her perform. It, it's, I can't tell where I am in the audience. I'm watching her perform, and it's almost like a camera sort of panning around. And I, and then I, I can see myself sort of on stage singing as her, you know. And it was, it was, it was just a really, I don't know, it was a brief moment, but it felt like a really validating moment. So I, I, we had so many conversations, and I enjoyed her laughter. I enjoyed her. She would. One of the things I remembered was her repeating stories to me constantly about people in her past, right? Her manager or wow. whoever. Wow, this is yeah, incredible. It's a really, I find yeah, this incredible. It was a very, very interesting experience. You're talking about it like, you know, yeah, she was repeating <laughs> stories to me. In the I know, thing, people are I'm probably like, like sis, you're sitting, crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm nodding like, yeah, she did, okay. So how about those intimate scenes? <laughs> you talked earlier about worthiness and now you gotta like, reveal your naked self, yes. your raw self, your naked self, and you went all the way there. Yeah. What helped you get there? Once I read that scripture and I had a piece about doing this role, you know, I'm, my father always reminds me, you're either in or you're out. You know, there is never an in-between. There's not a gray area. Don't float, you know what I mean? Like, you know, be fluid, but don't float. And so my mother, the same thing. If you have peace about it, move forward and commit to it. And so. That was a huge part of it. It was like, I, I can't ride the line here. I can't say I'm in for some of this. I'm in for, you know, I'm in. But you could only see this side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> Lee did me, he did me right. And Lee asked me in the beginning, he was very courteous and just asked if I was okay with nudity. And I told him, not typically, but if it is, the, but it is the truth of Billie Holiday's story. And I don't want to tell her story without nudity, without cursing, without the drugs, without the sick. This is her life. And I don't want to try and boil down her story to a G-rated version of her life. You know, this is, this is a part of who she was. And sexuality. Because there's nothing G-rated not about thing, her. Not nothing G-rated about her. Nothing G-rated about her. So there was like, <laughs> not, not a hot thing. And, and, so, and, and it was one of those things that sexuality was a huge part of who she was. You know, she grew up in a brothel. Again, she was raped at a young age. She had, you know, relationships with men, beautiful relationships with women. So it, you can't not tell that part of her. Yes, and I read that you lost, what, 39, yes. 40 pounds? How did it feel to transform your body? Is that what yeah. you did first? Yes, I mean, that's the first thing we started because we knew we wanted, I mean, that's another part about Billie Holiday that people don't know. I think people will see pictures of her when she's, you know, has more weight on or when she was healthier. Um, but her weight fluctuated drastically. And there would be a lot, a lot of moments um, when she was using where she would be sort of skin and bones. and. And so um, the weight was definitely something we knew we wanted to, to, to do, because I was, you know, I was a, well, actually, when I first started losing the weight, I was 163 pounds. Um, but before that, I was, I was a juicy 170, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that was one of the first things we did. And I knew with the time that we had, I wanted to lose it healthily at first. And, but I always knew from the beginning that once we got closer to filming, I would just, I, and I do not recommend it or, you know, whatever you have peace about, but I did begin to starve myself, you know, and 
I did that because I wanted to slow myself down. You know, obviously, you see, I'm, I'm very fast, and Billie Holiday is sort of molasses slow, and that's what cigarettes and kind of starvation and alcohol, and that really slowed me down in a very important way for the character. And then the other thing was I wanted... When you say starve yourself, does it mean you're only drinking shakes or you're drinking um, water? Or you're drinking you water. I would drink juices, you know, sometimes here and there and have, you know, tuna. On set, I would have, like, grapes and, and like, nuts, you know, just to give me enough fuel to go. And then, and then in between, I would have, yeah. like, a bigger meal. You know what I mean? Like, some type of meat and yeah. some type of something. But um, the other part of it was, you know, I didn't want to walk onto set and, like, all of a sudden, it's 19... 47, and Billie Holiday has an eight-pack. It, like, turns out she got a membership at 24-Hour Fitness, and now she's just working it out, you know? Like, <laughs> so I was very, like, I yeah. want a period... I want important. a period body. I want... And not just a regular period body, but a period body of a woman who looks like she would have been using drugs, you know, drinking a lot of alcohol, had a very hard life, you know? And so I wanted there to be loose skin. So is it true you didn't drink before? No. Had you ever uh, drank? I drank, but when I was, like, 21. Yeah. Drinking was never my thing, and so it was very easy to give drinking up. Never done drugs uh, no. before. Mm -mm. Okay, so no drinking, no doing drugs, no smoking, no no cursing, yeah. and now and no sex. That was the other taking... thing as well too. I've and been, no... I made, I made a commitment personally to be abstinent, like almost seven years now too. So it's just, it, it's very different. It, her life was very different. Her experience, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh <laughs> wow. No sex in your. I getting... told you know it's so funny. I tell people they're like, wow, how did you do it? I was like, well, I wasn't a virgin. I mean, I have my, you know, you just like getting back on a bike. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, but. Okay. So this is what I want to know, Andra. I, I know that you went and visited addicts. Yes. And you, they learned how to tie off. Mm -hmm. I heard you say that. But how do you get the the drug look in your mm. eyes. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? Just physiologically speaking, the cigarettes and the alcohol for me slowed me down and put me, I have no frame of reference for what Andra is like smoking a cigarette. You know what I mean? And so if, if I were to yeah. walk outside right now and smoke a cigarette, I feel like Billy. It is way too, it's visceral. You know what I mean? And that, and it, and it kind uh -huh. of, my brain is very much not used to it. It affects me. It really, really affects me. And the other part of it is, is, um, you know, understanding addiction. You know, if you understand addiction as a sickness, as an illness, as a means to survive and to get well, not a means to get high. It's not just like a woohoo, we're having fun. You know, it's it's really a means to survive and to get healthy and to disappear to you from your trauma, from your life, from the pressures of of of, of those things. And so ah. it was understanding addiction that we all cope and we are all addicts, it just manifests differently in our lives. Some more healthy, some less healthy. And um, it was really understanding that and then living in that trauma and that pain and the need to get rid of it, you know, was that's what I needed to understand, more so than the high. Now, I know more mm -hmm. so than the high. Now, I know you spent time with addicts preparing for the role. That experience of being with, yeah. with addicts did what and So I, I, I'll, I'll actually give you an example because I... I, I owe this kid so much. I love examples. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I owe this kid so much, and I, and I just want to share, because um, just the sober living community is just such a beautiful community, it's one of just support. So really what I got from them more than anything was the need, you know, and this idea, I think we think the, the need, need. The need is the reason it will make you steal and destroy relationships for this. And, and with heroin addicts specifically, they're actually, once you use one time, you're not getting high anymore. You're just getting well. And they were very clear with me about that. 
and actually, physically speaking, you're, you're staving off dope sickness. And if you, at which dope sickness can actually kill you. And so it's, it's your actual survival that is wrapped up in this drug, your, your ability to. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, Stop was, right there. That's yes. so, once, once you, once you get high the first time, mm -hmm. the second time isn't about getting nope. high. Mm -hmm. It's about staving off the sickness yes. that you're going to feel from your body yes. when it goes back to normal. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, and I have never heard that before. It was really revelatory for me sitting and speaking with them because it's now they have to stave off the physical pain that will that will happen to their body and the emotional trauma all comes flooding back at the same time. So it's like you'll almost do anything to survive and to get rid of that that feeling and wow. you know they they showed me that your brain starts to feel the, the effects of heroin when it just knows that it's gonna get heroin. And I thought that was so, so, so powerful. And so yeah. this young kid was teaching me how to tie up. He was watching me, so I was doing everything and I just kept going through the exercise and tying off and using the bigger needles that they would have used, that Billy would have used in the 40s. And I look up at him and he is now sweating and his pupils are dilated and he's not responding sort of to what it is that we're saying. And I was terrified for him. I asked the man, that was with him, I said, is this okay for him? Like, is he good? He said, trust me, I do this all the time. This is a huge step of overcoming in his, in his sobriety. Because he was in the process of recovery. He was, He was in the, yes, process, he was in of the process of recovery. And, his, and just watching you tie off is causing him to go into When the... I tell you his focus, that we couldn't even shake him out of his focus, and the look in his eyes, it gave me everything I needed to know about the need and the moment before in doing that. And so. I, 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 I'm so grateful to him because he sacrificed a lot, definitely. Yeah. And in just hearing you say this gives me an understanding of perhaps mm. why we have such a huge opioid mm. problem in mm. this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, and why addiction, it cannot be resolved the way we're trying to do it. Yes. You can't punish addicts, put people in jail when people are giving themselves the drug in order to make themselves feel right. well. Exactly, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think thought, that's that, what that, that, that's so key. And, what I, you and say. I actually think that's what most people think when they look at people who are homeless. They did it to themselves. They're on the streets because they're addicts. They're on the streets. Sixty-five percent of people on the streets are actually they're dealing with mental illness. You know, and so it's trying to manage mental yeah. illness, and then obviously drugs becomes a part of that. And so, and, and that in and of itself is a disease. And so, you know, and one of the things Billy says in the movie so beautifully, and she really said this because she thought this. She said, I need help, not jail time. We're sick, you know, we're not, we're, we're not yes. well. And, and Yes, when she's walking yes. into the courthouse. You should feel ashamed. You stay in trouble with the law, Miss Holiday. Don't you want to set an example for your race like Ella Fitzgerald and Marian Anderson? You know, the people are hardest on me of my own race. I need help, not jail time. I was talking to Johan Hari, who wrote the book that this script was based on, and one of the things he was saying is that, you know, you all have avenged her. Mm. That there is, for the first time, her spirit mm. can rest because the story has been told in such mm. a way that she is avenged. Do you feel that? Yeah, I think I have to say honestly now, yes, I do. As a fan of Billie Holiday's, it is so satisfying for me to, not only to have read the script and to have played her, but to see people. I think what's so beautiful about the other side of this and going through all of this press for the movie and all these, is I am seeing so many people go, wait a minute, I didn't know this about Billie Holiday. Wait, let me look this up. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's what God wanted. I think he wanted her story 
told. She's very much loved and she's a fighter and a hero. So I, I, I do believe that now. Yes, and often I think prior to this portrayal, we thought of her as weak, yes. as not being able to stand mm -hmm. up for herself and uh, as a victim of drugs, of men. Mm -hmm. and But you show us her indomitable strength. Mm -hmm. Not an easy feat. Thank you. Not an easy feat. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tell us how you do that in spite of the fragility that mm. you bring. That's, that's why I must say, this is one of the most layered, mm. focused, complex portrayals I have wow. ever seen. Wow. Period, <laughs> by anyone of any body, okay? <laughs> Thank you so much. No, that is, that means, well, first of all, that means the world coming from you because the color purple was a huge influence for me on set. So <laughs> just studying every little nuance, every detail about the film. I will say, I think, first of all, two words, Lee Daniels. And I, and I cannot stress that enough. I can't, you know, he was said in the beginning, he was so, so, so clear. He said, I do not want her to be a victim. You could tell that he was slighted, that he was mad. He was mad that they made her look like this weak sort of victim. And, and he believed it yeah. for most of his life, you know, until 60 years old. And so he was so adamant. And it almost, and to the point, actually, he was so adamant about her not being a victim that once he looked back at it, he was like, oh, she's maybe a little too hardened, you know? And so we did some, like, pickup shots, you know, <laughs> to just get, kind of get more vulnerability. Yeah. But I think it was imperative that we showed her that way because that was a part of the false narrative that the government was spinning, was that one of the things I hear that really kills me is when I hear people say that she was a waste, that a life wasted, you know what I mean? And then the other thing that really yeah. gets me is when people say she was a complicated figure. And I go, well, why? And they're like, well, because she did drugs and she did, I was like, okay, but you know, was, was she a complicated figure or were her circumstances complicated and impossible? Why, how was it? Let's start with 10 years old in the yeah. brothel, How about that? How, yes. Or, or let's start with raped yes. and then sent to a reform school for girls for being raped. You know, that's complicated. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blame, yes. blame for it. You know what? It's so interesting. I'm working with this psychiatrist now. We're doing this book together called What Happened to You? Because it's understood now by a lot of scientists that it's not when you see kids misbehaving in school or when they're behavioral disorders or when people become dysfunctional and people say, what's wrong mm. with that guy? What's, what's wrong mm. with that kid? What's the matter? And kids who are, many of them, put in juvenile delinquency homes, the question should be asked not what's wrong with that kid, but what happened mm -hmm. to that kid. Yes. Because what yes. happened, when you ask the question, first of all, what happened doesn't come from such a place of judgment. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to see 
the thread of the narrative that put the person in the seat yeah. that they're in at any wow, given moment. Beautiful. And I think that is that is exactly what you all mm. have done with Billie Holiday here, because for the first time we get to see behind everything that caused her to be who right, she is. Right. Mm. That's beautiful. How did you find Billie's unique singing mm. voice? I mean, that is the thing. <laughs> I would think going in where you were, going, okay, two questions. Going in, what was your biggest fear about taking uh, on the role? I mean, being terrible. <laughs> I can't even, I, I wish I was like a deeper thing. It was so, I did not want to suck. And that is like, really like, I was so <laughs> terrified. And then, and, and I think layered underneath that was because I love her so much. I wanted her story told. I love her, I love her story, I love her fight. And I just thought, I, I would dishonor her. The, this, the idea of dishonoring her was like horrific to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did not want to be bad, and that was the main thing. I heard you describe it like a scroll. Mm. Can you do that yes, for yes, us here? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because I think her voice is very much another character and another person. And I, I, I look at her voice as a, as a scroll, and I say on that scroll is written every betrayal, every hit, every time she slammed heroin, she dragged a cigarette, she smoked. Every time she stood up to the police and stood up to the government. Every time she integrated an audience and had to fight for that, every time she sang Strange Fruit in defiance of the government, every suitor that came calling when she was in the brothel, everything is written on her voice. And so it was like, to not have her voice in there would almost be like to cut Billie Holiday in half and only show one half of her. You know, you can't do it without the sound and the tone of her voice, so. Black body swinging. In the southern breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. What do you want people to feel when they hear you sing as mm. Billy, strange mm. fruit? Well, first of all, I want them to feel gratitude for her and towards her. You know, I want them to say thank you to her. I want them to, to realize that this was truly the great godmother of the civil rights movement. She did this on her own. She reinvigorated the civil rights movement, um, you know, as we know it today, along with the death of Emmett Till, uh, by singing this song about lynching in America. And so I want them to say thank you to her. The other thing I want them to do is to, you know, I don't want them to enjoy it. it now, having played her and being on the other side and while I was on set, the idea of people going, oh my God, that was so beautiful, I love that, it kills me, you know, because I, I just am like, this is not a beautiful song, it is an ugly song, and she, the song is about the, the, the blood on the leaves, blood at the root, the twisted mouth and the bulging eyes and the scent, the smell of burning flesh. It's horrific. Pastoral scene of the gallant south. The bulging eyes and the twisted mouth. And so I want them to be motivated. I want them to be sort of mobilized. I want people to, to not enjoy the song. I want them to say, this is ugly and I need to find out why it's so ugly and why it's so necessary and why it's so important and, and to do something about it. I want people to be active when they listen to it. You know, the character, the reporter who she's doing the interview with as the movie begins says, why couldn't you just behave? Why couldn't you? <laughs> that would I be love, beautiful. I love that character. <laughs> well, why don't you stop singing the damn song? 
Wouldn't your life be easier if you just behaved? Oh, I love that. Why couldn't you just behave? <laughs> just behave. There was nothing in her spirit that wanted mm, to behave. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? I mean, I, 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 here's the thing. I don't think there was anything in her spirit that wanted to behave, and I don't think there was anything in her spirit that wanted to do or to misbehave or to be, you know, she was just being and she was being free. Yeah. And so, you know, this idea that what, what is, what does good behavior even look like for a black woman according to, you know, a white man at that time or according to, you know, a, a, a man or to anybody, you know, this, there's such, such conflicting ideas and, and, and it's sort of like w black women have so historically not been allowed to be human and to, 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 to live in all of those layers, to be layered human beings. And, We've seen that represented even in cinema, in movies and music, you know, either just do nothing right. and be this or be hypersexual. And, you know, so it's, I love that it touched on the expectations of black women by society, you know, and, and by even people in our lives. And, and, uh, and why is she not allowed to be a human the way everyone else is allowed to be? So I love that they, they brought that up in the film. Let me ask you this. We started out talking about, you know, it feels like you're in a whirlwind, like it's just one thing mm -hmm. after another surrounding your first <laughs> acting performance. Do you think about being nominated? Where does that sit in the, oh, gee, I really want it to happen? Or are you just like going with the flow? Uh, I, I'm definitely more going with the flow. I, I will say that. I, I am, I, I want the recognition for the movie. I want it for Billy. I want it for yeah, my cast. Yeah. I want it for Lee. I want it for Susan Laurie Parks and her amazing script. And every single one of my cast members, I can't, I say their names all the time, you know, from Lee down to, you know, Trevante and Tyler James Williams, Davine, um, you know, Miss Lawrence, Garrett, Rob, you know, but I, I'm, I, my, my gift for sure was, was Lee and was Billy and was my cast and this set and this experience, definitely. Well, I read that you learned as a young woman uh, the power of surrender mm -hmm. and that one of the, my favorite hymns is I Surrender All. It's yes. been a powerful force in my life. And how are you surrendering to this mm. change in your life? Uh, that's, that's actually a great, um, a great question. And, and I, I think I have just recently gotten to a place of clarity, you know what I mean? And, and understanding. I was actually just reading, it's funny, I was, I do devotion and that's a huge part of it. So I make sure to start my days with, with prayer and with devotion, with reading scripture, with meditating. And, and just to remember that no matter how things are shifting under me or how unsettled I feel and trying to discover who I am, because I, I don't know, I still don't know who I am in this season yet. But the one thing I do know is that I am loved. You know what I mean? I am loved and that, it, and that I am a lover, you know, of God and of people. And that, from that sort of stems everything else. Um, I was reading a scripture and I was bawling because it was actually the, the night before they announced the Golden Globe nominations. And God was reminding me, he said, you are in Shushan, the citadel of Elam next to the river Ulai. And, and I, remember just diving through the layers of that and it really means you're in a place of purity, a place of clarity in a citadel, the fortified place, you know? And so, cause I was like, how will I kind of survive through this? And it was a reminder that you are in a place of purity and clarity in, in the fortified, protected place and you're elevated. That's what Elam means. You're being shown on a lampstand right now and just trust and to be loved, allow yourself to be loved in this moment. Well, Andra Day, it is just a delight <laughs> to share in this joyous moment Thank with you. you. I can't, there are Thank no you. words. 
Uh, I just want to ask a couple super soul questions, okay? Because this is where we talk about spirit stuff mm -hmm. here. Okay. What did you recognize in yourself or in your life that you needed to change during the pandemic? I, as simple as it sounds, it, I think keeping my word to myself, you know, I think that that, that mm, is, that is sort of, a, I mean, I'm never good with time, so that's always an issue, but I, I try to consider myself like an honest person and I try to, you know, um, but, I, but I, I will be the first person that I will sort of break my word with. You know, I'll say that I'll do this thing and then I don't do it. And I, I hate, I, I know I'm prone to doing that. And so it's, um, it's something that I wanted to definitely break in the pandemic, which I, I probably didn't fully do, but I was making strides, I think, towards trying to get better at that. Okay. During the pandemic, what did you learn you could live without? Mm, what did I learn I could live without? Ooh, that's a good question. What did I learn I could live without? I learned... I love that you like actually really, thinking really about thinking it. about it. I just, it just made me, you know, obviously we had to stay home because we were in a quarantine and I, I felt like sometimes I get very, very restless and I, I'm like kind of, okay, I need to get out and yeah. I need to go see something. I need to, but I realized sometimes I'm doing that and actually what blesses me more is if I'm just home and I'm just present and I'm in that space. So I realized I didn't need to go out to sort of find peace or to find, you know, I could be home and really like be present and, and get that from, from people and from my family, so. Do you ever play Rise Up, I'll Rise Up for yourself? <laughs> I don't. I think there's nothing that would pull me out of my own personal meditation like Rise Up. <laughs> I would be like, okay, turn myself <laughs> off. <laughs> no, I don't. Everybody I, I else uses it to rise <laughs> yeah. up. I think my mom would literally walk in and laugh her ass off at me, like, really? <laughs> well, God bless you in that Thank magnificent, you so much. breathtaking first performance. Thank you. Uh, but I think you've only just begun. Thank you. The United States versus Billie Holiday, streaming now only on Hulu, everybody. It's a must-see. It is a must-see. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless right. you. Thank you God so much. God bless you. <laughs> All right. Enjoy the ride, girl. Thank you. <laughs> Stay present. Stay present for yes. it all. Yes, yes, yes. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.